Well, good evening, everyone. Good evening to our at Carol's by Candlelight service. It's wonderful to have you with us. Uh, if you're a guest here, please do uh, make yourself known. We've got some, uh, some refreshments afterwards. We'll have some mince pies and some, some coffee as well. It'd be great to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, this evening, we're going to hear a variety of readings um, as we uh, come to, to celebrate Christmas. We'll be uh, singing some Christmas carols, hearing from, from the choir as well. Uh, as we think about the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And let me encourage you to, to bring your singing voice this evening, uh, to bring a, an attentive mind and a, a soft heart, uh, that as we, we hear things, as we sing about the Lord Jesus and, and pray to him, uh, that we would be, would be mindful of, of who we speak to, who we give our praise to. Uh, let me pass to, to Colin, and Al, uh, Colin and Anna, who uh, will start our, our service by uh, lighting uh, an Advent can, uh, candle and giving us uh, a reading. Prepare the way of the Lord. We light this candle in peace, the peace that Jesus, our Saviour, gives to the world. Prepare, then, the way of the Lord. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. As we come to our time together, uh, let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Help us, Lord, to, to draw close to you tonight as you draw close to us, that we would meet with you and worship you as the one who came from heaven to earth, as the Lord of all, the King of kings, that you would come to lie in a manger in the little town of Bethlehem. Amen. The reading's taken from Luke chapter 1. Verses 26 to 38. The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. 
Our second reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through to 12. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree uh, that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let us come to pray together. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you that he is the one who is the light of the world, the one who in love stooped down into the darkness of the world, that he would come and redeem us, that he would die for our sins, and that by believing in him, we would have the light of the world shining in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have this Christmas time as the eternal Son of God stepped into our world to give us an eternal hope. And yet, Lord, as we look around at the world, it is both beautiful and yet broken. And we see much pain and darkness. And Lord, we pray for the 
the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. We pray for peace in that land. We pray for provision for those seeking asylum, uh, for provision for those that remain. We pray that even in these dark days, that people might hear something of the light and life of Jesus Christ. We pray for those who are anxious at the moment, those who are anxious about how to heat their homes or pay their bills. Have mercy upon them, Lord. And Father, please help us to be mindful of those in need uh, this Christmas, that we, if we see a need, that we would seek to personally meet it if we can. We pray for those who are struggling with illness. We pray that you would grant them comfort and strength and healing. We pray for those who are mindful of the loss of loved ones uh, this Christmas. And may you be their comfort and may they know the depth of your love for them themselves this Christmas time. We pray for those who are suffering, suffering family breakdown, relational breakdown. We pray that, that you would be their peace and strength as they look to the future in hope. We pray for all of our interactions with friends and our families this Christmas. Help us, Lord, to display your love to others as you have loved us and given yourself for us. And Lord, as we continue to hear your word read, sung, and then preached, may we have soft hearts and attentive minds to listen and to apply the truth of your word into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, 
of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. John 1, 1 to 14. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Father God, as the Father of all light, would you open our eyes to see the glory of your Son, that we might be transformed by the light coming into this world, that it would shine out of our hearts with the joy of knowing you. In Jesus' name, amen. Christmas time. Christmas time is often a time of, of real fun and celebration for many people as they decorate trees. I haven't done mine yet. I should, I know. Decorate trees, supposedly, have parties, and just enjoy life by spreading tinsel everywhere. It's a, a time of joy and festivities as people enjoy time together and enjoy eating lots of food. And yet for, for some of us, it can also, be, can also be quite a difficult time, quite a tough time, uh, a time when, we, when we're mindful of things that we might not have, uh, family who are no longer with us, or maybe difficult circumstances in our lives. Because things can be hard at times. Life can be hard. Because when we think about it, things, they seem quite dark right now. 
Because if you look for a few minutes just at the news, you see inflation is rising, so everything is more expensive. Uh, People seem to be on strike. Things are worrisome. People are worried about how to fill their fridges or or heat their homes or, or pay their rent or their mortgage. And we're mindful, too, of maybe as we look abroad, we're mindful of Christians who are fleeing persecution in different countries, mindful of people who are fleeing for their lives from places like Ukraine and Afghanistan. Many people find things relatively easy over Christmas, but many find it quite difficult. Because the prospect for many is stressful and challenging. And so we do have to ask at this time, do we have some comfort to share with people? Do we have a hope to share? What does God say about that? What does Jesus say to us about that? Well, he he says, as as we heard there, that the darkness will not win. The darkness will not win. As the Apostle John, inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us in the Gospel of John, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. As we read through that passage there, we have to ask, well, who, who is the word at the beginning of time? Who is the life and who is the light? Well, they all point to Jesus. Jesus Christ is the eternal word of God. He is the one who is life and is light. All these descriptions are true of Jesus. If you've been following the news recently, you will have seen different articles, and one of those is about uh, nuclear fusion, the development of nuclear fusion, uh, or the advancement in that uh, in the U.S., something which appears to be the future for all of our energy needs, albeit a generation from now. And some describe uh, nuclear fusion a bit like the sun. As the sun, it, it burns so hot that it produces so much energy. Without it, energy and light uh, could not exist on earth. Life could not exist on earth. Nothing could live. And in a sense, Jesus is like that. He is like the sun. He brings life to us. He brings light to our world so that we can live and flourish in this world. That we can flourish in the world that he has made. Because this is God's world. As the eternal son of God, Jesus, well, he was there in the beginning. As it says in Genesis, the the very first book of the Bible, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God. God made everything. He made everything out of nothing And he did so by the power of his word. As God speaks things into being, as it says in Genesis 1, verse 3 and 4, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light 
from the darkness. God is the creator God. He is the one who, who speaks things into being by the power of his word. And Jesus Christ, as the eternal word of God, he brings life into being. He brings order out of chaos and light out of darkness. As you have to ask yourself, as you look at the the world around you, surely this didn't all happen by coincidence. Surely this hasn't come to be just by accident. During this week, I was out for a walk, and I don't know if you've if you've looked at the trees the past past week when it was freezing cold, the frost on the trees was just dazzling. Then you look at the bushes, you have the frost on the leaves and the bushes. Amazing. Just truly amazing. God's creation is amazing. It's so beautiful and perfect in every way, even in the dead of winter. And then you think about our bodies. Every single cell in our body is loaded with DNA. DNA which is perfectly ordered together in every way. Designed to function as it should. And then you look beyond. You look to the world, to the galaxy, to the universe. Did this really happen by chance? Has this all just come to be by chance? Just falling into place over millions of years with no real purpose and all just by accident? Well, the Bible would say that there there is a purpose. There is a purpose to creation and that it is going somewhere because God made everything and he made us in his image, in his likeness, male and female, that we would enjoy him and govern over his creation as he gives us the keys to his creation. That we would glorify God and enjoy a personal relationship of love with him forever. That is what we are made for. That is our purpose. To know him, to love him, and to glorify him in our lives. I suppose it's a bit like when you see a little girl playing Play-Doh and and make some, some figures for fun. And, and she, as their creator, if you like, she just enjoys playing with them. She has great pleasure in playing with the thing that she's created. In the same way, how much more so is that true of us? The Lord has made us for his pleasure, that we would enjoy him, that we would enjoy a relationship with him. That is why we are here. The problem is the world didn't stay like that. Instead of trusting in God's goodness, belonging to him, trusting in him, and living under him as a good and gracious God, we didn't believe that. We believed the lie. And that lie is, as Satan said in Genesis 3, for God knows that that when you eat from it, that is, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, your eyes will be opened And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. It is really the the lie that God is a tyrant. And that you are far better off without him. Far better off running the world the way you see fit. It's the lie which says that he is not good. That God is not good. He does not want your best. 
that he is in some way holding back from you. That there is something that he is taking from you. And therefore you take things into your own hands. It's to say no to God and yes to self. This is really an act of defiance, of rebellion against our creator. And this is where sin enters the world. And its effects of that are everywhere. Everywhere. It's like an oil tanker capsized into the water of our lives. Everything is tainted and polluted. Sin is everywhere. We become God's enemies instead of his friends. Instead of loving others the way that we should, we live for ourselves. Instead of running to God and enjoying all that we have with him, we hide from him and we run from him. Everything and everyone are tarnished by sin. And even the creation itself, God's good creation, is marked and cursed by it, groaning under the weight of sin. All of this because we said no. We said no to God and yes to self. Because so often we are very much like little children. When you see little children play, it's quite telling. As you see maybe little ones, uh, the first words they learn are not yours, are they? (laughs) The first word they learn is mine. That's mine. And in a sense, that is us, isn't it? We have that tendency in our own hearts that we play that out in our own way, in our own selfishness. It's displayed in marriage, the way that we use our time, the way that we prioritize our life over someone else, maybe how we use our bodies as we say no to God's way and yes to our own. But the more we do that, the more that we drift We drift from God's purpose, from God's goodness, from God's light. And instead we fall into the darkness. As the Apostle Paul describes, those who who know about God, who know in their hearts about God, and yet they suppress the truth about him. As it says in Romans in chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking, uh, but in their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And we're all we're all made for a purpose. We're made to know God, to have a relationship with Him, to live in His light. And yet we stagger into the dark. As the song, the famous song says, we're, we're looking for love in all the wrong places. As in rejecting God, perhaps, perhaps we turn to things in our lives, turn to, to people, maybe to our partner, that they would fulfill us in some way, that they would fill the hole in our hearts. Maybe if it's not them, maybe it's children, that they would fill our, our hearts. Maybe if, if we worked all of our lives and we get to the end of retirement and work has been our life, who are we without work? 
Maybe we have hobbies, but then for a while they are good, but then they seem quite trivial after a period of time. Maybe it's pleasure that we live for, and we squeeze the pleasure out of life. But really, it never really satisfies, does it? Maybe we think of the next season of life. This is maybe a good one or a tough one, but the next one will be better. How do we know? How do we know that? Because if we don't have the light of God in our lives, then how do we know where we're going? It's like a compass that has no magnetic north. We are completely lost and don't know what the next step is. We're just guessing at answers and filling the stockings of our souls with many different little trinkets that just never really seem to satisfy us. But there is hope. There is hope. As John says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is a promise that gives us hope. Because at Christmas, we remember just what God did. As John says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The eternal word, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, he came in to earth. He came into our world, took on flesh and dwelt among us. He joined himself to us and went through the pain and the suffering that we experience in our lives. Because he knows what it's like to be human. He became like us. And yet in every way, he was perfect. He did not sin. He was innocent in every possible way. As the one who was life and light, he was put to death on a Roman cross for our sins. For the sins that you and I have committed against our creator. As on the cross, the life, the light of life was extinguished in death. The light of life was extinguished in death. Jesus took the punishment that our sins deserve. The innocent one, he died for the guilty. The righteous one died for us, the unrighteous. But as we celebrate Jesus' birth at Christmas, we we also think about Easter, we celebrate his resurrection. As his words ring true because of his resurrection, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus, he brings victory over sin. He brings victory over death and hell itself. He gives us, gives us light, the light of eternal life for all those who trust in him, all those who believe in him. Because in his resurrection, the light of the world defeated darkness. He gives us the light of heaven because of his victory, because of all that he has done for us. The light of God shines in our hearts by his spirit. It's as if we're standing in the middle of Wembley Stadium in the middle of the night and all of the floodlights come on at once. The love of God floods our hearts and banishes the darkness. 
We are filled with the light of God by his spirit. Sin no longer has power over us. It no longer reigns over our lives because Jesus reigns as the light of the world in our hearts. Some may reject that message. Some may reject Jesus. But as John says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Because when we believe that Jesus Christ came to forgive our sins, we become his children. We become part of a new family. We have a new father, our heavenly father. We are children of God through Jesus. We become children of the light, loved by the father of light. And yet, We still live in a dark world. We still live in a fallen world where our hope is not ultimately here. Our hope is in heaven where Jesus dwells. Because the darkness, the darkness will not win. As all God's people will one day be gathered from everywhere to live in the light of his presence forever. As it says in the book of Revelation, To all who believe, they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. For those who trust in Jesus, for those who believe in him, we have a hope. We have an eternal hope. Because one day there will be no more darkness, no more crying, no more pain, no more war, no more illness, no more addiction, no more cancer, no more relational breakdown, no more abuse, no more adultery, no more divorce, no more depression, no more anxiety, sadness, and no more death. The new, the new order of things will be brought in. The old will be pushed away. As we dwell in the majestic light of the Lord Jesus forever and ever. And gaze upon him to see his glory face to face. What a day that will be. I wonder, do you know the light of the world? Is this your hope? Let me leave you with a question just to reflect on uh, later as we close. What difference uh, would it make to know the light of the world in your own life? What difference would it make to know the light of the world in your own life? How would that change your life? And perhaps uh, you'd like to know more. Uh, Maybe uh, this is new to you. Maybe Christianity is is new to you. You're not quite familiar with it, of what that would look like. Well, uh, let me... invite you along uh, if you would like to in January for for four weeks uh, looking through a little series uh, what's life all about asking questions the bigger questions of life who am I what's my problem in life what's my solution and what's my ultimate hope Uh, please do if you're interested in that please do speak to me afterwards it'd be great uh, to have you along Um, let me pray as we close Father God, we thank you for your gracious 
goodness to us. We thank you that you have given us your son, that as the light of the world, he shines in our hearts because of what he's done for us in forgiving us of all of our sin, that we can come into your presence and sing your praises forever. And we thank you, Lord, for all your love for us displayed in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. As we uh, think of the, the week, week ahead, uh, please do be um, uh, praying about the, the next events. We've also got um, Carols in the Square uh, on Tuesday and the Christmas Eve service there on, on uh, at 4 o'clock on Saturday, uh, Christmas Day at 10. Um, if you'd like to know more about uh, the guest uh, series, about uh, what's life all about, please do uh, grab one of these little flyers as well, just on your way out. Uh, if you'd like to ask me some questions or shoot me an email on that, uh, please do. Um, please do uh, as well, Just if you'd like to just pray with someone afterwards, uh, pray about what the Lord has placed on your heart, how he's spoken to you through the service this <coughs> evening. Grab maybe myself or anyone uh, close to you. They'd love to pray with you, I'm sure. Uh, there'll be refreshments afterwards, so please do stay uh, for that. And before maybe we go there, uh, think about that question. What difference would it make to know the light of the world in your life? Let me pray. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Lord God, we pray that you would help us to, to shine your light as you have shone your light into our hearts that we might be testimonies of you. And we thank you, Lord, for your hope, for the hope that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen.